Have you ever wondered what was behind Peter disowning the Lord? Uh, how Peter could have done that? All of us, I think, are familiar with this story from the Bible, the story of Peter denying the Lord Jesus. Not too many of us realize, however, that the Bible also gives us some insight as to why Peter did this. This morning, we are going to look into the Gospels and see some of the causes which brought about Peter's disowning of the Lord. We will see that there were at least four causes, any one of which could have done the job alone, which were behind Peter's denials. Let us first read Luke's story of Peter disowning the Lord Jesus before we start to learn four reasons for his denials. Luke's account is found in Luke 22, verses 54 through 62. Luke 22, verses 54 through 62. Hear the word of God. Then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Girl, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please, in your 
mercy and your kindness work now through the preaching of your word. Work in each one of our lives for the hallowing of your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The first reason that we will cover this morning for Peter's denial of the Lord Jesus is he had pride in his heart. Pride. Look with me at Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 31. Uh, context, uh, Jesus and his disciples had just been in the upper room. They had just fellowshiped together, observed the Passover, and celebrated the Lord's Supper there. And now they were on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. They were only a short time away from the incident about which we just read in Luke 22, Peter disowning the Lord. Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35 reads now as follows. Then Jesus told them, meaning his disciples, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. What Peter says here, perhaps at first seems noble, exemplary, right. But actually, it is the voice of pride speaking. How's that? Peter in himself cannot boast, even if all, all the others fall away on account of you, I never will. Peter, on his own, can never fulfill the words, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Martin Luther, did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. Peter's voice here is the voice of pride speaking. The believer who understands himself aright says, by your grace, O Lord, by your strength, my God, I will never disown you. 
the believer who understands herself aright, acknowledges that she has no ability, no strength outside of Christ. Our Lord, perhaps, to show Peter that he was full of pride, makes reference for him to the crowing of a rooster. Not the barking of a dog, but the crowing of a rooster. Have you ever seen a rooster in a barnyard? They can appear to be proud birds, can't they? Peter, our Lord, says to him, your words are like the crowing of a proud rooster. I tell you the truth, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Peter went on to forsake the Lord, first of all, because he had pride in his heart. Do you remember the warnings in the book of Proverbs in reference to pride? They are several. Listen to just three of them once again. Proverbs 29, verse 23. A man's pride brings him low. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When one is proud, that one is headed for a fall. When one is full of himself, herself, that one is on the brink of disaster. Peter disowned the Lord, first of all, because of pride in his heart. Dr. Gerstner, on one occasion that I have in mind, and it's, it's a rather familiar occasion, preached a strong sermon. Afterwards, a lady came up to him and said, Dr. Gerstner, You've made me feel this small today. Dr. Gerstner looked at her and replied to her with concern. Ma'am, that is this much, too much. My friends, pride is so strong that if there is even this much in a person, it will keep that person from being converted. And it can cause those of us who are Christians to deny, to disown the Lord Jesus. One of the causes of Christians, on occasion, living like or even saying 
that they don't know the Lord Jesus is pride in the heart. As Christians, we should never want to deny the Lord Jesus. We love the Lord Jesus. He is our Savior. He is everything to us. Denying him would be absolutely horrible. We need then today to look over ourselves, to examine ourselves, to see if there is any pride in us. I mean, even this much in us. We need to pray the prayer of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. A second reason for Peter's denial of the Lord is he had neglected prayer. After the Lord Jesus and his disciples arrived in the Garden of Gethsemane, Luke 22, verses 40 and following, tells us that this took place. On reaching Gethsemane, the Lord said to his disciples, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, verses 45-46, he found them asleep. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Our Lord knew that danger was just around the corner for Peter and the rest of his disciples. He knew that they all would be sorely tempted. He therefore said to them, pray. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. They, however, didn't pray. Instead of praying, they slept. And so we go on to read only a few verses later in Luke 22 that Peter three times denied the Lord. This man was with him. Woman, I don't know him. You also are one of them. Man, I am not. Certainly this fellow was with him. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. A second reason, Peter neglected prayer. You know, for many of us believers, prayer is a great 
contradiction in our lives. What I mean by that is, on the one hand, we confess with our mouths how important prayer is, but on the other hand, we neglect with our lives prayer. We declare that prayer is an absolute necessity of the Christian life, but we practice it as if we can do pretty well without it. Another reason we disown the Lord at times is we fail to regularly go to the throne of grace where we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. John Bunyan, author of Pilgrim's Progress, has written, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more until you have prayed. Peter, David, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more until you have prayed. John Bunyan has also given us these words concerning prayer. Pray often, for prayer is a shield to the soul and a scourge for Satan. Since we don't ever want to deny our Lord in any way, since we do love him, he is our Savior, denying him would be absolutely horrible. Would you consider this this morning? Commit yourself to several minutes of prayer at the start of each day, and then to some more minutes of prayer in the middle of the day, and then to some more minutes of prayer at the end of the day. Where did you come up with that idea? Well, David, in Psalm 55, verses 16 and 17, has written, but I call to God, and the Lord saves me, evening, morning, and noon. I cry out, and he hears my voice. C.S. Lewis has written, the moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes and plans for the day rush at you like wild animals, and the first job each morning consists in shoving it all back and letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in through prayer. Would you consider 
committing yourself to several minutes of prayer at the start, in the middle, and at the end of each day. Reason number three. Peter unwisely sat down with the enemies of Jesus. Perhaps I am reading too much into a portion of our scripture reading of today, but listen to what I think I see in our passage. After Jesus was seized in the Garden of Gethsemane, his captors led him to the house of Annas. Peter followed at a distance. When the Lord was taken into the residence of Annas, Peter then went into the courtyard. Instead of protecting himself, however, in the courtyard, Peter went and sat down with the temple guards who had taken hold of Jesus. He camped right in the midst of the Lord's enemies. And as the unbelievers no doubt talked in mocking and negative ways about the Lord Jesus, Peter began to be affected. His commitment to Christ grew weaker. When then he was asked three times if he was one of Christ's, he denied the Lord each time. Luke 22, verses 54 and 55. Then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But, oh, there's that small word, but it carries a great deal of meaning. But, when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. But Peter sat down with them. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of mockers. I think a third reason that Peter disowned Jesus is he unwisely settled down in the midst of the enemies of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 Verse 33 says this to us. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. When we, when we insist on spending all kinds of time in fellowship with unbelievers, then we can count on being affected by that. 
And then the words of Proverbs 6, 27 and 28 come to mind. Proverbs 6, 27 and 28. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? And the answer to that, of course, is no. One year, while I was away playing some golf, I went to a church where I had worshipped previously. When I got there, I found out that the senior pastor, of whom I was familiar, was no longer at that church. In fact, he was no longer in the ministry. The associate pastor told me that the senior pastor had fallen into very sad sin. And he went on to tell me that one of the main reasons the senior pastor had fallen into this sin was, in effect, he had sat down in a very wrong situation. He had settled in to a very wrong situation. A third reason for us living like or saying that we don't know Christ is we at times unwisely camp in a wrong situation or with the wrong people. Very briefly, here are three things we should keep in mind in light of this third point. Number one, it's not that we are to have nothing to do with unbelievers. We are. Remember, Christ wants us to reach them for him. We are not to isolate ourselves. We are to befriend them and love them and share Christ with them. But, two, we are not to allow them to negatively impact us. We are to be careful how close we get and how much time we give to them. I don't think they are to be our bosom buddies. Three, and at all times when sin is present, presented to us by them like Joseph of the Old Testament, we are to flee from it. We are not to hang around it. We are to run from it. I wonder if any of us here this morning are in an unwise relationship with an unbeliever or are settled down in the midst of some wrong situation. 
Hear the word of God once again. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? Last of all, I want us to see today that Peter denied the Lord because he became fearful of suffering. Four things, once again. Pride. That alone can do it. Prayerlessness. That alone can do it. Wrong presence. Wrong company. That alone can do it. And now we have fear. The fear of suffering. After Peter sat down with the temple guards and others, we read in Luke 22, verse 56, that a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at Peter and said, no doubt, loudly, for all to hear, this man was with him. What do you think went on inside of Peter when that happened? Peter's heart began to pound, did it not? Fear gripped him, and he said, No, girl, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw Peter and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him. Peter now, Mark tells us in Mark 14, Verse 71, and Mark, no doubt, got this from Peter himself. Mark 14, 71, Peter began to call down curses on himself. In other words, Peter said, may God curse me if I am lying. And he swore to them, I don't know this man you are talking about. Peter also denied the Lord because he became fearful, afraid of suffering. In the past, I have had on my desk, in my study, a desk calendar put out for pastors by a Christian organization. Each week, there was printed a thought for the pastor to contemplate. One week, that thought was this. No man ought to be in a Christian pulpit 
who fears man more than God. That's a true statement and a good thought to contemplate. If a preacher ever becomes more afraid of man than God, then he ought to leave the pulpit for his fear will both affect his preaching and his living for Christ. But a warning about the danger of fear of suffering ought not to be just given to preachers. One ought to be given to all believers as well. For fear of suffering can have negative effects on all believers, like denying, forsaking the Lord Jesus. And so last of all, we also want to know that we may disown the Lord at times because we have become afraid of suffering for Christ. I'd like to ask you something that I have asked you in the past, although it's been a while. Are you afraid of suffering for Christ? Are you afraid of difficulties for Jesus? Do you insist that your Christianity be as trouble-free, as painless as possible? Are you reluctant to hate your own life and to carry your cross? I have also said this to you. We need to ask God that we will not count our lives dear unto ourselves. That he would enable us to ever stand strong for Christ. And so I hope that you will pray regularly to the Lord God for another cause of turning our backs on Jesus is fearing man more than loving the Lord Jesus. Well, what are some of the reasons believers fall away from the Lord at times? What causes us on occasion to do this? Pride, neglected prayer, we have settled down with the wrong people, and we're scared. We're afraid of persecution. Well, what should we do in reference to these four causes? Examine ourselves for pride, looking for even just this much. Commit ourselves to praying. Be careful how close we become and how much time we give to the enemies of Jesus. And ask God regularly that we will love Jesus supremely. But what if we have just 
recently denied the Lord. What then? Let me give you one more quote by John Bunyan. No child of God sins to that degree as to make himself incapable of forgiveness. Realize that you have offended the Lord, that you have greatly done wrong. Admit that with sorrow and turn from your sin to the Lord Jesus for forgiveness and receive that forgiveness from the Lord as Peter did. No child of God sins to that degree as to make himself incapable of forgiveness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this portion of your word in the Gospels. And thank you for what we have learned or been reminded of today in your word. Oh, Heavenly Father, would you please help us to be good stewards of this time? Help us to take with us and to have in our lives the different things we've heard. Oh, Heavenly Father, help us please to love the Lord Jesus supremely. And if we would ever fall, help us to go to him for forgiveness and cleansing and renewal. In Jesus' name, amen.